is generally, oh, is, is the caste system. The man who lives with a wife has a great responsibility in maintaining the members of the other social orders, the brahmacharis, vanaprastas, and sannyasis. Except for the grihastas, or the householders, everyone is supposed to engage in the spiritual advancement of life, and therefore the brahmachari, the vanaprastha, and the sannyasi have very little time to earn a livelihood. They therefore collect alms from the grihastas, and thus they secure the bare necessities of life and cultivate spiritual understanding. By helping the other three sections of society cultivate spiritual values, the householder also makes advancement in spiritual life. Ultimately, every member of society automatically becomes spiritually advanced and easily crosses the ocean of nations. Um, yeah, we'll do one at a time. So I'll start with this. Om Ajnana Timurandasya Ajnana Anjana Shalakaya Chakshurmiritam Jena Tasmai Shri Gurave Namaha I was born in the darkest ignorance and my spiritual master is opening my eyes with the torch of knowledge I offer my respectful obeisances unto him. So when I was looking over the verses I gave the name Kashyapa, the learned enabler. You know, the enabler, that word has come to mean over the last, recent decades, is somebody who's facilitating, facilitating people's uh, self-destructive tendencies. Mm -hmm. It's like sometimes in the news you hear, yes, the people on the White House staff are simply encouraging the president's worst instincts. <laughs> if they're still there, if they didn't, then they are, they're out now, but they didn't flatter them, right? Okay, that's the political comment for the day. <laughs> um, so, so Kashyapa is speaking. So because Kashyapa, for all his learning and tapasya, actually wants to indulge sexually with Diti, his flowery words to her now are enabling their inauspicious union at this time. So he's speaking true words, but he's, he's, he's doing it for the wrong motive. <laughs> it's all about motive, right? Mm -hmm. So, uh, in 18, 19, 20, and beyond, we're going to see up until text 30, I believe. He's just, you know, setting it up for the big, big moment. So, um, so Prabhupada, in, not in this, in this purport, uh, yeah, Prabhupada chooses to ignore what's going on personally with Kashyapa and just focus on, on Varnashra because uh, the auspicious combination of man and woman are, are actually the basis of an auspicious uh, society, even universe. So Prabhupada seizes the opportunity to discuss the Varnashram Bona system and how householders, the householder's duty is to support all the ashrams. Yeah, because all the other ashrams are, are not uh, engaging in sex, so where do good brahmacharis, good vanaprastas, good sannyasis come? They can only come from good families, good householders, where there's good training. Otherwise, uh, it'll be a mockery, a sham, a farce, and the society goes to hell, just like we have today. Um, let's see here. Okay. So what does Prabhupada say? Yes. The man who lives with a wife has a great responsibility 
in maintaining the members of the other social orders, the brahmacharis, vanaprastas, and sannyasis. Except for the grihastas or the householders, everyone is supposed to engage in the spiritual advancement of life. That sounds funny, huh? Except for, no, but the, how, so how, how did Prabhupada say at the end, how do the grihastas make advancement? By supporting all the other orders. That's their duty. Um, by helping the other three sections of society cultivate spiritual values, the householder also makes advancement in spiritual life. So in, in a genuine spiritual society, when, when authentic renunciates come to the householder's door, they give them alms because they know the person is, is real, is not just posing as a, a beggar. Just to, not just somebody you know, begging on the street, but he's actually imparting spiritual values. So by supporting those people, the grihastas are making advancement. Ultimately, every member of society automatically becomes spiritually advanced and easily crosses the ocean of nations. So every member means of a spiritually focused society where the goal of life is, is uh, transcendence and not simply sense indulgence. So grihastas, they're the key. They make the whole, they support the whole thing. They're compared to the stomach. So the stomach distributes all the energy or throughout the body. So it's very, uh, very essential. Just like uh, we were rehearsing yesterday over at Ganga Mantris and he's starting to eat a little bit and he's getting a little strength because he's able to digest the food a little bit. He's getting, you know, starting the, the recovery. Okay. So that's 18. And then 19, I'll just read. Yamahor Atmano Hyardham. Take note of that. Atmano Hyardham. Shreyas Kama Syamanini Yasyang Svadaram Adhyasya Pumangsh Chadati Vijvaraha. And Kashyap is continuing to play up to Diti, responding to her desire. Oh, respectful one. A wife is so... Because she, she's been praising him, right? So he's congratulating on being very respectful for, respectful for her husband. Oh, respectful one. A wife is so helpful that he, she is called the better half. It comes. It has a Vedic root. It's called Atmano Hyardham. Ardha means half of the self. Oh, respectful one, a wife is so helpful that she is called the better half of a man's body because of her sharing in, a, in all auspicious activities. A man can move without anxiety and trusting all responsibilities to his wife. So let's read how Prabhupada comments on this. Purport, by the Vedic injunction, the wife is accepted as the better half of a man's body because she is supposed to be responsible for discharging half of the duties of the husband. A family man has a responsibility to perform five kinds of sacrifices called panchadagga in order to get relief from all kinds of unavoidable sinful reaction incurred in the course of his affairs. When a man becomes qualitatively like the cats and dogs, he forgets his duties in cultivating spiritual values <clears throat> and thus he accepts his wife as a sense gratificatory agency. When the wife is accepted as a sense gratificatory agency, personal beauty is the main consideration, and as soon as there is a break in personal sense gratification, there is a disruption or 
divorce. But when husband and wife aim at spiritual advancement by mutual cooperation, there is no consideration of personal beauty or the disruption of, disruption of so-called love. In the material world, there is no question of love. Marriage is actually a duty performed in mutual cooperation as directed in the authoritative scriptures for spiritual advancement. Therefore, marriage is essential in order to avoid the life of cats and dogs who are not meant for spiritual enlightenment. So in this verse, text 11, Prabhupada takes a little different tack. He seizes Kashyapa's, quote, better half remark to discuss how husband and wife cooperate to do, uh, this is Prabhupada, to do panchajaga, five duties or sacrifices, to counter our unconscious, unavoidable sinful acts. So I didn't know exactly what the panchajaga was referring to. So I did a little database search and I came up with a very nice passage in Krishna book, which I've overlooked. There's so many gems in Krishna book. It's just so rich and vast. Uh, so here, let me read you. And it comes up, Panchajaga. There's another name for it too, Panchasuna. When Narada Muni is visiting the palaces of Krishna and he's seeing, in Dwarka, and he's seeing Krishna doing different things in every palace, unlike yogis who can only duplicate their activities and they're all carbon copies, only up to eight times. But Krishna can do unlimited activities and unlimited palaces and he can be doing different things in every one. So that's Yogeshwara. He's the master yogi. So here is Prabhupada in his summary study of this chapter writing, in one palace Narada found Krishna offering oblations, oblations to the sacrificial fire and performing the ritualistic ceremonies of the Vedas as enjoined for householders. In another palace, Narada found Krishna performing the pancha jaga sacrifice, which is compulsory for a householder. This sacrifice is also known as panchasuna. And then Prabhupada explains why householders do these kinds of sacrifices. And it's interesting because it's a counterpoint to what we usually hear about jivo uh, jivasya jivanam, that one living entity lives at the expense of another you know, we're walking on ants, Prabhu, and we're breathing germs, and what can you do? But here, Prabhupada points out that actually we're, we're responsible. We're held accountable for just living in the material world, acting out our desires to be Krishna. So, here's, so there's a sacrifices to counter that. Knowingly or unknowingly, Prabhupada writes, everyone, especially the householder, Right? There's, well, there's a little license for sense enjoyment. Uh, there's more tendency uh, to perform material activities. Uh, especially the householder commits five kinds of sinful activities. Now, Prabhupada only mentions four here. And he's got me wondering now what the fifth is, but he, he gives examples. When we, see, when we receive water from a pitcher, simple thing like drinking water, right? We kill many germs that are in it. There's so many living entities floating in the water, we can't even see them. Or sometimes we can. <laughs> uh, we kill many germs that are in it. Similarly, that's number one, just drinking water out of the pitcher. Similarly, when we use a grinding machine or eat food, so we have machines in the kitchen, right? For Govindas. 
to eat food. We kill many germs, many creatures that we don't, we're not aware of. When sweeping a floor, that's one of my favorite, I, I vigorously sweep on the, on the, what do they call them, the pavens, pavers, pavers. Yeah, that's where I get my workout. <laughs> Who needs the gym, right? You just sweep those, especially when you get a big rain, you notice how many little leaves around there yeah. <laughs> from the mesquite. So I was working out, getting rid of those guys. Uh, when, we, when sweeping a floor or igniting a fire, we kill many germs. And when we walk on the street, we kill many ants and other insects. So consciously or unconsciously, in all our different activities, we are killing. One living entity is living at the expense of another. Therefore, it is incumbent upon every householder to perform the panchasuna sacrifice, pancha yoga, to rid himself of the reactions to such sinful activities. So uh, in Daiva Varnashram, Krishna obviously is practicing Varnashram, but he's, he's practicing Daiva <coughs> Varnashram. So uh, he shows that householders do this in Daiva Varnashram. Maybe we don't, you know, Prabhupada didn't give us all the details. We've hardly even, uh, you know, broached the, that uh, fourth phase of his mission, but uh, still it's there. Okay, so, uh, yes. So Srila Prabhupada, only in two sentences here. See, in the last, in 18, Prabhupada didn't even refer to what Kashyapa was up to. Uh, he just focused on uh, Varnashram. Now here, there's two sentences in 19 where Prabhupada actually did make an indirect reference to what Kashyapa and Diti are up to, you know, misapplying Vedic sacrifices and principles. So Prabhupada writes, uh, when a man becomes qualitatively like the cats and dogs, he forgets his duties in cultivating spiritual values, and thus he accepts his wife as a sense gratificatory agency. When the wife is accepted as a sense gratificatory agency, personal beauty is the main consideration. And as soon as there is a break in personal sense gratification, there is disruption or divorce. So, in, in our modern materialistic society, the big thing is, you know, there's nothing bad with, uh, with sex indulgence as long as it's consensual. That's like, if it's consensual, it's, it's pious. You know? <laughs> but no, that's not it at all. Uh, sexual activity sexual, is meant for Transcendence, actually, it's it's transcendental act when it's done Krishna's way. So that's nineteen when Prabhupada just spends two sentences, and now here in twenty, I'm doing three because they all relate, but also because twenty is a famous verse. And why don't we chant it because it's a famous verse? Yama Shrityendriyaratin. Yama Sritiyam Vriyaratin Durjayan Itarashramayi Durjayan Itarashramayi Vayin Jaye Mahela Bheer Dasyun Durga Patiryata Translation. And this is really, Kashyap has really laid it on thick here. As a fort commander very easily conquers invading plunderers. 
by taking shelter of a wife who can conquer the senses, which are by taking shelter of life, one can conquer the senses, which are unconquerable in the other social orders. Please repeat. As a fort commander very easily conquers, as a fort commander very easily conquers, invading plunderers, invading plunderers, by taking shelter of a wife, by taking shelter of a wife, one can conquer the senses, one can conquer the senses, which are unconquerable. Which are uncomfortable in the other social orders. In the other, in the other social, social orders. Right? If you're an authentic brahmachari, vanaprastha, sannyasi, there's no outlet for engaging in uh, sexual activity. But, anyway, so let's I'll, I'll read, see how Prabhupada uh, ties this up. Purport of the four orders of human society, the student or brahmachari order, the householder or grihastha order, the retired or vanaprastha order, and the renounced or sannyasi order. The householder is on the safe side. I would say that. He's on the safe side. <laughs> Why? Let's read. The bodily senses are considered plunderers of the fort of the body. The wife is supposed to be the commander of the fort, and therefore, whenever there is an attack on the body by the senses, it is the wife who protects the body from being smashed. The sex demand is inevitable for everyone, but one who has a fixed wife, a fixed wife, is saved from the onslaught of the sense enemies. A man who possesses a good wife does not create a disturbance in society by corrupting virgin girls. Robert cuts right to the chase there, right? Without a fixed wife, a man becomes a debauchee of the first order and is a nuisance in society. Unless he is a trained brahmachari, vanaprastha, or sannyasi, then, then he knows how to restrain. Unless there is a rigid and systematic training of the brahmachari by the expert spiritual master, and unless the student is obedient, there you go, even if you have a good doctor, you gotta follow the prescription, right? Unless the student is obedient, it is sure that the so-called brahmachari will fall prey to the attack of sex. There are so many instances of fall down, even for great yogis like Vishwamitra. A grihasta is saved, however, because of his faithful wife. Sex life is the cause of material bondage, and therefore it is prohibited in three ashrams. <clears throat> it is prohibited in three ashrams, so three quarters of the ashrams no sex, uh, and is allowed only in the Grihastha ashram. The Grihastha is responsible for, for producing first-quality brahmacharis, vanaprastas, and sannyasis. I remember when, uh, I think I mentioned this before, but when uh, Jayapataka Swami once told why he started the Grihastha, the uh, congregational ministry, he said, if I'm going to come back in this world, I want to take shelter of a good family. <laughs> so we have to teach our congregational members how to, uh, you know, be controlled, restrained, and dutiful, and paka, and, and Krishna conscious. So he's, he was kind of a professional. It was a very selfish region, actually, he said, that why I've started the congregational ministry. Okay, so in this text, number 12, and so in text 20, Prabhupada elaborates 
on the famous wife as fort commander verse. Although Kashyapa is using this concept as a rationale for sense gratification, that's his motive. Prabhupada describes the spiritual application of the concept. <laughs> um, I remember a very shocking and funny at the same time uh, application of this concept of wife as fort. In my 13 years at Kitanagri, many things happened <laughs> over the course of those years. I got married for one thing, and I was lucky because there were relatively senior, mature Grihastas living there, people like Borijan and Jagatarini, Paramananda, Satyavama, Vamandev and Indira, and who else? Uh, Gorhari and Prafulamuki. And anyway, they, they, you know, when I got married, they welcomed me as taking the next step, right, up. Because they were realistic people and they knew they had to be married, uh, otherwise they'd become debauchees and <laughs> like that. So anyway, uh, in the early 80s, I won't name names to protect the innocent, but there was an instance uh, of a single mother who, oh no, she wasn't a single mother. That's right, that's pretty strange too. Anyway, she started um, uh, getting too familiar with another man who was who was married with another man, and um, and so he wasn't even so it wasn't no he wasn't getting the the woman was approaching him and he was kind of like not really taking it seriously but but his wife took it very seriously that this woman was approaching her husband in an in a overly familiar way. So, so the wife had two sisters, and they were living there too. And they were tough. They were girls from a tough Italian neighborhood on the south side of Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> so, so one... When did it happen? I forget when. It, I think it happened during Rama Mohurta or something. <laughs> anyway, they all cornered her in the furnace room, you know, where all the wood is burned. <laughs> and they beat the hell out of her. They were like, um, anyway, I don't know if this is a, no, I don't go there, but anyway. <laughs> and they were tough Italian girls. And they belonged to a, they belonged to a gang when they were, you know, they were, they were tough. <laughs> <laughs> that's because you had to to protect. You had to belong to a gang, you know, to protect protect yourself from the other gangs. So, but this was a girl gang, you know. So anyway, so they just beat, and we didn't see the other lady for many days. She was like, I think, black and blue and red all over or whatever. <laughs> so that was an application. <laughs> she was the fort. She was protecting her husband in a, in a. You know, in our classic first generation of Prabhupada followers kind of way, we're rough, <laughs> a little rough people trying to become Vaishnavas. All right, so um, what's the wrap up here? So divine sex is all auspicious for peace, prosperity, and ultimately transcendence. It all comes from good rehustas. How else are you going to have good brahmacharis, good, you know, uh, and ultimately transcendence. Demoniac sex ruins one. And in the case of Diti and Kashyapa, 
they, they actually ruined the whole universal order just by this. Because they're, I mean, they're super empowered to populate the universe. So when you have a powerful, if you're empowered, and then you misuse that, that power can boomerang and then cause havoc all over the universe. Okay. Kashyapa, the learned enabler. We can do that, right? We can know, we can misuse Shastra. <laughs> and... Uh, create bad consequences. How are we doing here? Oh, it's early. All right, I'm just going to open it up for questions or comments. Babu. <clears throat> you know, there's a reason that we don't do the punch a jug yet. So what is? what are the five things in, we do? In the normal course of our activities as devotees. Yeah, but do you know what they are? Because yagyai sankir tanakrai. There you go. Because we have the Jagya of the age, which is Sankirtan Jagya. Yeah. And that includes and supersedes all other Jagyas. Very good. Prophecy Prabhupada didn't make it explicit for me, so it took Dero to uh, bring it to the right point. Prabhupada does that a lot. He does do that. All the sacrifices and, uh, you know, and the statement of Steva is quoted, not by this, not by that. Yeah, that's right. That's the Yoga Dharma. And that satisfies all obligations when we actually do it right. So, thank you very much. And there's another lesson in there. Yes. So don't mess with the Deluca system. <laughs> okay, you guessed. I know. You know the Delucas. <laughs> all right, since you brought up, well, <laughs> now we're naming names, but most people don't know who they are. <laughs> so. That's good enough. That's good enough. <laughs> yeah, when we were growing up, our gang was called the Dago Broads. Okay, that's as far as I'll go. That's what she did reveal that to me. So you can imagine how tough they were. And the oldest one went to Korea before she was a devotee. She was serving and she was a military because their father was a policeman. He was... Uh, he was a righteous policeman. He was a good cop. He wasn't a bad cop. <clears throat> and so uh, there was a military streak there. Yeah. Because, yeah, turn up, chat you a streak. <laughs> yeah, you know, mess with the Lucas. That's the purport. <laughs> um, anybody else? Yes, Prabhu. Is it okay to have a wife that is not a devotee and a plus? I, I knew a devotee whose wife was not even vegetarian, uh, one Bengali devotee I knew. But she was eating fish because I lived in their house for one, two days and mm. there was two refrigerators. Mm. He said, one is for my wife, one is for me. <laughs> <laughs> he said, don't open that one. So when I said, don't open, one day I was thinking, why don't you not to open? Then you're going to so open, open right? I should dry fish and all that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It really depends on the situation. Like when I was presenting the Founder Acharya series in Wales, the president of Wales, he's been the president forever. What's his name? He's a little bit devotee. Oh my gosh. Tarakanath. It should be Tarakanath, but that's, you know, the Western. Tarakanath. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Janakanath. There's so many other mispronunciations. <laughs> Did you know Janakanath? <laughs> so anyway. Yeah. I've heard many mispronunciations over the day. Yeah, right. 
So Tarakanath, he joined when he was right out of high school. He was a coal, he was working the coal mining is the big industry still. Yeah. So he married his high school sweetheart. What's her name? Uh, I forget her name. They're still married after 40 years or something. She never joined. Um, I don't know if she's vegetarian, but she does, she's completely has her own life. But they're very attached to each other. And definitely by, he's, and he's really good. I mean, he's, he's a very good manager. He, he keeps good sadhana, gets up early. When Shiva Ramaswamy goes to Wales, he has no qualms about staying in a place where Tarakana puts him up. They're very tight, they're very close. And, uh, and so Tarakanath, when he, you know, because I asked him, so where's your wife? And then, and then he laughed and he just told me a story about being a coal miner in Wales. Uh, uh, and, then, and then I said, how does that work? He said, it works somehow or other. It works by Chris's mercy. You know, we, uh, so she's definitely making, you know, her, her life uh, it doesn't affect him because he's so, you know, fixed in his sadhana and his mission for Prabhupada. And, and he's got a real good sense of humor, and, and but he's real strict too. They just got a new temple, I think, and, and uh, what do you call it? What's the name? Some cities in Wales. It's the capital. Bristol? No, it's the big one. Ed, not Edinburgh, that's Scotland. Anyway, you know any uh, cities in I, I was in two places. I was in Swansea, and then the other place is the big place. I forget. Cardiff. 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 Yeah, Cardiff. Yeah, that's right. So, uh, yeah, and I met Keshav Bharti Maharaj there. It's, it's really good. It's, it's really happening. You know, they've got a good restaurant. They've got a new temple now. Um, so, uh, yeah, but he's got this situation, you know, high school sweetheart situation, and... and I think she appreciates Krishna consciousness. She's just not practicing it, you know. So it's maybe it's not as severe as what you mentioned, but um, it's a rather unique it circumstance. I would yeah. venture to it say. is. It is unique. You know, usually what happens is like when when Korma Rupa Prabhu passed away in 2015. Uh, there were many eulogies you know, for this great saint Korma Rupa. Care for cows, Kormarupa passed away on a codice in, in uh, Purushottam Mas, on the most, on, yeah, the most auspicious codice in the whole Purushottam Mas. You know, and then, but there were people uh, offering uh, uh, eulogies, and one offering was from the lady who didn't join with him. He's from somewhere in the Northwest, like Seattle or, or somewhere up there, you know, in the North Pacific Northwest. And they were seekers, you know, he and his girlfriend, and then he read Prabhupada's books. And, and then he had to make a choice because she didn't want to come, you know, because maybe the principles or whatever. But she, when he passed away, wrote this beautiful eulogy about... What was his name? Ken, I think. Yeah, Rupa. And what, he was always 
He was always a, a saintly person. Or, or a, that's why she couldn't follow him. She wasn't as saintly as him, right? But he joined, and you know, he ended up in Vrindavan. And um, so, in that case, and it, it really did. Uh, it was tough for him. You know, it, he he had to do that. That he was at that important crossroads, and he just had to say goodbye because she wouldn't follow the principles. So it's just very individual, depends. You know, we all have our journeys. But we have to, um, Prabhupada's our guide, he's the captain of the ship. And in Tarakanath's case, he could help this lady. And she was just, you know, they were just karmically <laughs> together. And so uh, he's still doing great stuff in ways. But, but the aim is to both come to the same label and, and cooperate. Right. Yeah, serve together. That's the aim of the devotee should be, right? Yeah, that's the ideal. Now, what's ideal? You know, what's... Yeah, probably. Yeah, that's why he gave it up. Yeah, but he stayed with it for 36 years when he had it, and he was having in Pakistadanta in the 40s. It was like 36 years. In the 40s, Prabhupada started having those takes on Yas dreams. And he was so strict just for tea, he gave it up. That's Well, that was the last straw. I mean, she traded his Bhagavatam. You know, that was like a real statement by Radharani Day. That was it. Yeah. Anyway, it, it really, it's very individual. But ultimately, the highest principle, Prabhupada always reminded it, is to save yourself. So if you're going to sacrifice your Krishna consciousness, you know, for the sake of staying with somebody, then that's that's wrong. Yeah. If you don't save yourself, then how can you help anybody else? You can't even help yourself. <laughs> okay, I guess we're done unless anybody else has any. And this goes on right to text thirty. Kashyapa speaking learned words, <laughs> but he's. It's flowery. It's it's all for you know getting together with DT for inauspicious union, and the result. Wow! Shila Ropat ki jai. Thank you. Why didn't I think that? Sankirtan, of course. <laughs> That's our